everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation to share their secrets of thriving while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hello there, everyone. I am Nancy, and I'm the founder and president of Invisible Entrepreneurs. One out of every two adult Americans lives with at least one chronic illness, often called a hidden illness. The disability community is the largest minority in the world. Yet instead of feeling included and wrapped in camaraderie, most of us feel alone, unvalued, and unworthy. We need doctors who understand us and colleagues and family members who believe us when we tell them something about our health. Just knowing the simple fact that we are not alone and still have much to offer can be life-changing. In this podcast, we share tips and strategies, knowledge and support. In other words, hope for those who are looking for resources to help them maintain a thriving, successful life and business. It's always good to know that there are others out there that have dealt with similar challenges, and our guest today is going to share with us their history and what they've learned along the way. Welcome, Amanda Ferret. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Tell me a little bit and tell our audience a little bit about what brought you here today and why you are on the journey that you're on. So I actually was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome clear back at age like 18, 19. So had to deal with that going through college, right? And I was in a sorority and I remember moments of being just in excruciating pain, curled up on the couch across the laps of multiple sorority sisters and them, you know, also being 18, 19, 20. And like, what do we do? We've got this friend that, you know, is in pain and suffering and we don't know how to help. Fast forward to adulthood and I've kind of coped and learned how to deal with PCOS. But about five years ago, I was in grad school and I could feel things starting to shift in my body. And even though I was doing really good physical health, like self-care, like I was eating really well, you know, plant-based smoothies and salads and lean proteins and all the, all the things you're supposed to be eating, right? That's the, so they say, yet I wasn't taking good care of myself mentally or emotionally. I had suffered a great deal of loss in a short period of time. In about 15 months, I literally ran out of fingers and toes to count all my losses on. And that period had started with the loss of my dad, which was pretty traumatic. But again, I knew there was something physically going on. So even though I was really trying to take care of myself physically, so life imploded in January of 2018. And I took a break from grad school. And part of that was to take care of my emotional and mental health, but my physical health said, hey, we need some attention too. And my body just started to kind of tank. And I was having horrible joint pain and inflammation, just all the GI issues, tired all the time, in pain all the time. Um, I was starting to get butterfly rashes across my face, all these things. And so I started going to doctors and I had high high elevated inflammation markers. There we go back today and a couple other markers and high platelets and high white blood cells, but no doctor wanted to help me. I literally had to fire several doctors and finally got to a doctor that she was a naturopath 
she started to kind of help me figure some things out and she got me on some supplements that were helping, but still no diagnoses. I was still having all this inflammation and swelling. In fact, my left leg had been swollen on a daily basis for years and it would go from worse to really bad and without any explanation. And they did ultrasounds, my legs, nothing, nothing was coming back with anything exclusive or, you know, for a diagnosis. And so I just learned to live with it, but in a way that I was like, well, I can't hold down a job because I might have a day where my pain is excruciating and I can't get out of bed or, you know, and I also had chronic migraines. I'd had dealt with those since my early twenties. So they were coming back up and flaring back up. And I had such GI upset that, you know, there were days where it's like, no, I need to be close to a bathroom. And you know, that's kind of vulnerable and embarrassing to talk about, but it was my reality And I was just like, okay, well, A, I don't really want to go back to the regular working world and I don't want to go back to grad school and B, like, I need to be able to work from home because I need to be able to take care of myself. And so that's how I landed on this entrepreneurial path. And I started as a grief and self-care coach because those were two things that I knew how to do because self-care was the only thing that was working for me. Doctors didn't have answers. Nobody else had any tips or tricks. And you know, I didn't have a diagnosis. So there wasn't a, this is what you do for this, you know? So I just had to do really good self-care and really define what that meant for me. So I was like, oh, I can pay that forward. And I started to, you know, talk to other folks that were disabled and I read up on the ADA and I was like, well, I qualify as disabled for things. And so I got myself a dog and he was going to be trained as my service animal, but I knew I didn't qualify for SSDI because I used to help people get SSDI. And without that diagnosis, good luck fighting the social security office. And so it was just like, well, so how do I navigate this? Right? Like I'm in this gray space that's really messy. And do I really get to call myself disabled or I just have chronic illnesses or what, what is this? And my body's like, no, you are no longer as able-bodied as you used to be. And my back and my hips just got worse and my knees and all of that and the joint pain. And I had neuropathy in my hands and I would drop things. And I still do that from time to time. And it was always salsa, the messiest thing that you can ever drop. And it was always right as I was putting it back in the fridge. And so it would be all over the fridge, all over me, all over the floor. Right. And I was just like, okay, I'm so tired of this. And right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I finally, I moved here to Tillamook, Oregon last summer And again, I had just been putting up with this for about five years, all these symptoms that would kind of come and go. And I finally, I got COVID in the fall and everything settled down for a while. It was really weird. Like my swelling went down, my inflammation went down and I was just like, okay, normally, like I was terrified of getting COVID because I thought it would make everything worse. Now, my mom was here and she's a nurse. We don't know if it was because I was taking Advil regularly and I don't normally, I try not to take Advil unless I absolutely have to. And, but that motivated me to like, okay, I need to find a Tillamook doctor. We need to figure out what's going on. Cause the butterfly rashes came back shortly after I was better from COVID and everything was just miserable. And she ran a bunch of tests and sure enough, high inflammation markers, but none of the other markers for anything autoimmune except she now, she was the first doctor in all these years to tell me that polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS is considered an autoimmune. And I was like, oh, well, that would have been nice to know. I could have treated it differently. 
And then she said, have you ever heard of the plant paradox? And I said, no, I haven't. And so she had me, I went and checked the book out from the library and it's a book by Dr. Gundry. And it's all about how plants have lectins and lectins are plant proteins that we can't digest yet as humans, we haven't evolved. And so they basically tear holes in our gut and then our body, they're floating around like free radical and our body attacks them. So I've been lectin free since the beginning of March. I've lost 30 pounds, almost all of it inflammatory weight. My wrists and my ankles are the skinniest they've been in years. The pain has finally subsided. I still have daily pain. My hips and my back will never be the same, but um, yeah, it's just been, and it's been a blessing this whole time to be an entrepreneur because I can say, you know what, today I need a pain day or a rest day and I'm going to have to rearrange my schedule or, Hey, today's great. Like I can get more done or I need to work my schedule around doctor's appointments or, Hey, I can get in if you've got a cancellation, right? Like doctors are busy folks. So I get to say, when I call and make my appointments, I work from home. If you get a cancellation and can get me in sooner, I live five minutes away. I can be there. Right. So that's been a blessing in this journey of my health because I get to work things in my favor. And I can't imagine having a nine to five job because I wouldn't even know how to ask for accommodations because every day can look different. Yeah. We'll talk about that more in a minute, but I want to back up because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't really know what lectins is. How, how do you become lectin free? What is that? (laughs) Oh, um, Dr. Gundry is who pioneered that. And he has the book called the plant paradox. And, you know, he's a doctor who was, I think he started as cardiologist. So there's still some, you know, things that I don't really subscribe to that he preaches because I'm also a fat woman and have been my whole life. And I'm very much a fat liberationist. So, you know, I don't love the idea of restriction, but this has been the first thing in five plus years that has offered me any kind of relief. So lectins are a long chain plant protein that plants designed as a protective mechanism. So it's a plant's way to say, I don't want to be eaten. I'm going to make myself undigestible and make whoever eats me sick and uncomfortable. So are all plants? I mean, no. Okay. What, what, so, what ones are, what do we need to stay away from? <laughs> so our country loves corn and soy. Corn and soy is in everything. Corn and soy are problematic, not only because of GMO issues, but because they do also have those lectins in them. And they're not only in everything, they are how we fatten up all of our meats that we eat. So I have had to switch to pasture raised chicken and turkey grass-fed and finished beef, humanely raised, pasture-raised pork. Um, because if, if we're eating something that's eaten what we can't have, it still gets in our system. So you literally are what you eat. So I have to avoid anything corn, soy, dairy, unless it's sheep or goat's milk or sheep or goat products, or A2 dairy, because those type of cows don't produce the protein. Um, all the legumes... So no more peanuts, peanut butter, cashews, beans, unless you cook them a certain way. Um, Instapots are great or crock pots are great. That long cooking helps break down some of those lectins. Chia seeds, sunflower. So no more canola oil, sunflower oil. 
those kinds of seeds, pumpkin, all the squash family. So I love zucchini. (laughs) I know. So zucchini, you can get by with zucchini. So long as you take out the skin and the seeds, cucumber, same thing, no skin, no seeds, tomatoes, no skin, no seeds. And I, of course I was eating all those things all the time. I gotten rid of pasta. I was doing zoodles. I love tomatoes. I love cucumbers. I loved hummus. I ate beans all the time. All those things, even though I thought I was eating healthy, those things were causing my body to attack itself. Like I said, I've been without them since March. I, he has phases. So you do a a three day phase one, a six week phase two that heals, gives your gut time to heal. So I got into phase three and the first thing I reintroduced was there's the Siete brand tortilla chips that have all they have in them are chia seeds and there's not very much in there. In fact, Dr. Gendron even talks about how they're kind of a safe thing that most people can get away with having. Nope. I had some of those and had an immediate flare up that night and was absolutely miserable and had that realization of, I had been living like this for five years. How did I live like this for five years? How was this okay? How was this my daily existence? I'm going through something very similar, but it's got nothing to do with food. I'm a diabetic. For years, Mm. I've taken metformin. And Mm. I have got the most horrible, horrible stomach aches. Constant. And, you know, talking about not being able to go out because you have to stay close to the bathroom. That's been me for years. And I just recently found a new doctor who said, you know what? You do not have diabetes. You have insulin resistance. And so she's taken me off all of my diabetic medicines and put me on other things. Mm. And she took me off metformin. And guess what? I don't have stomach aches anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And see, I was on metformin for a while because it used to be what they used with PCOS because PCOS has a part of it that is around insulin resistance. And that was all they knew to do those many years ago. Right. And now they know better. And yeah, metformin was not fun because it really does mess with your GI tract. If you aren't truly diabetic and in need of it, it can really mess your tummy up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I still, I was noticing this morning that I still have, because I have IBS. So, Mm, you know, I am going to have stomach aches, but they're not, they're not anywhere near what they were before. And it's amazing. And I, one of my doctors put me on a low FODMAP diet at one point. Mm. And uh, yeah, I go, no, I, I couldn't have anything with gluten and I couldn't have yeah. any vegetables and I couldn't have any fruits. And I'm going, this is miserable. But I, I found out that I can't have tomatoes. I can't have, you know, beans and, and those kinds of things. It just makes life so much worse yeah. when you eat those things. So it's amazing how you have a disorder that they either know or don't know how to deal with, but you've got something. And then they, you just start throwing all of this stuff at yourself to see what makes it better. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. And the the diet I'm back, I'm off the FODMAP because, you know, there are things that I don't do because I know that they bother me, but I 
that wasn't doing it. But, you know, this is an interesting thing, too. And, and it sounds yeah. like it's worth trying. Well, it's very similar because there's no gluten. And in fact, there's no grains. The only grains. So um, sorghum and millet are okay. And so, you know, and I, I'm an Italian girl that grew up in Montana, meat some potatoes, right? And so it's been an adjustment. Um, and I also love to cook and bake. And this has been a fun experimentation for me. And it's been fun because while it is restrictive and while it was a big mental adjustment, you know, huge mindset shift, as well as, you know, physically adapting, you know, my routines and how I cook and all those kinds of things and how I have to shop. Right. And where, how I, I'm in Tillamook, you know, Oregon, a tiny town. Um, how am I going to access? So I had to drive, join Thrive Market or I have to drive into Portland for certain things. And um, let's I mean, talk about, the, let's talk about the mindset yeah. for a minute. That's really interesting because it's hard. It is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you've really, I think, got to have a strong constitution to say, I'm going to do this. And it comes down to if I want to feel better and I know that this is going to help, I've got to do it. Do, do you never give yourself something that you just want, but you know, might not be good. (laughs) Right. Well, it's that exchange of pain, right? Like, am I going to pay the price? What's the cost? It's that cost exchange. What's the cost going to be? And am I willing to pay that cost? And for me, the cost is excruciating pain and instant inflammation. My legs just balloon up. It becomes hard to walk. And I can only find comfort in my recliner or laying down, right? So then I'm done for the day and possibly 24 to 48 hours. So like, can I afford to keep having, you know, so for me, it's been, um, because food is definitely, I say that food is my love language. And because again, I'm a group Italian food and family meals where that's where we had family conversations. That's where family time was. I mean, we did Sunday dinners all the way up through my adulthood, through my dad passing away. Um, it was part of how I care gave for him in his final weeks was making him food. And so for me, the big part of the mindset shift was rewriting some of those stories, right? Like I can honor that this food, these meals or these things have had meaning for me in the past and honor that and be thankful and grateful for those things and know that the cost is no longer worth it. So how can I still interpret, you know, bring some of that in and have a new story with ingredients and foods that do work for my body where I'm not going to pay that cost. And I'm super grateful. The thing that's made the mindset shift easier is that there are women that have pioneered this before me and they've done the recipe creation and they're out there on Instagram and they're sharing all the hard work that they've done. So I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to pioneer it myself. I get to come through and try things that they've done. And it also helps that I have a sister-in-law who's celiac, so she can't have gluten and she'd probably benefit from lectin-free, but she's not ready to do so because they're cattle farmers or cattle ranchers. And what do they finish their beef on? Corn and soy, because it's what marbles the beef up, gets it that little bit of fat that it needs to taste good and make more money. And I actually had my first beef 
from my family last night because I get free beef. That was the deal. My brother got the ranch. So I said, Hey, just keep my freezers full. And I hadn't had any ferret beef in, oh, three months or so. And I had my first steak last night and I don't know, I threw in just a little bit of butter because I thought it was acceptable butter. And I found out later it's a company that likes to advertise itself as acceptable, but it's not. So I don't know if it's the butter or the beef and I didn't have a full flare, but my left ankle, which is my barometer for things, it swole right up. And I was like, okay, into the recliner I go, time to kick the feet up. And so we're going to, I'm going to try it again. Right. But it's that mindset of like, okay, this worked great. It's going in the repertoire. It's getting pinned on Pinterest. It's getting printed out, whatever. Like I like this or it's the, well, this didn't work. What can I try differently? So one of the things I'll give an example. I used to love oatmeal. Oatmeal was often oatmeal is no more. So I was like, okay, I'm going to cook up some sorghum. And we're going to treat it like oatmeal because I like the steel cut oats anyways. So they were a little chewier. So I cooked up some sorghum, dressed it up like oatmeal, and it was fine. It, it satisfied that craving. I want, I've been wanting a chocolate milkshake. Of course, I can't go out and just get ice cream. So I made a protein smoothie with cocoa powder that's acceptable and a little bit of almond butter and coconut milk. Oh my gosh, it was delicious. Satisfied, satisfied that craving. I'd been wanting sushi, but I can't do rice. So I made miracle rice instead and used leftover salmon, mixed it up with some avocado mayo and some sriracha, laid that out on the nori with the, some, you know, pickled asparagus and some avocado and the miracle rice. And I cooked the miracle rice with some primal kitchen, no soy teriyaki and a little bit of coconut aminos. It was delicious. So it's kind of figuring out like, how to kind of trick your brain a little bit, right? And still honor your taste buds <laughs> and satisfy those emotional cravings too, right? Like I get that there's an emotional tie for so many of us with food. Yeah. Um, it also sounds so like sounds- you have to be willing to take time. You've got yes. to do research. You've got yes. to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. Obviously doing the cooking that you were just talking about, that's a whole lot more time consuming than going to McDonald's. And another reason I'm thankful I work from home because I know now it is like, I have to adapt my schedule to either have meal prep days or have time to cook myself because I do, I can't really, there's one place I go out and allow myself to eat and it's a salad and they, they will prep it special for me because it normally has croutons and tomatoes and other things. And I just ask them to leave those off. And they cook their chicken and it's good, you know, local chicken. So, and it's on a grill. So it's not sitting on a flat top and butter or canola oil or anything else. Um, yeah. And that's the only place I've so far have trusted to eat out. So that is the other adjustment is I can't just go pick up with friends and go out to dinner. Um, it is so that extra time and energy of meal prepping, I got myself a foodie, a Ninja foodie secondhand. So now um, I haven't used the pressure cook setting because I'm a little terrified of it, but I'm using the air crisper setting like a pro right in the summer rolls around. I'll get outside on my grill more. Um, and so, yeah, there is that time consuming. And again, that's another way that I'm thankful that I am an entrepreneur that I get to kind of have that grace because if somebody had a nine to five job, then they'd probably have to give up a Saturday or Sunday to do meal prep for the whole week so that they can stay, you know, on track. But I'm also finding really quick and easy meals because again, I still have chronic pain 
my hip and my back, my hips and my back are still not okay. And I can't stand for very long in the kitchen and lean and bend and pull, you know, do all the things. So I have to do quick and easy meals. That air fryer is a lifesaver in that regard. Um, but yeah, so like I found they have a, one of the women I follow has a recipe for a English muffin in a mug that takes two minutes in the microwave. So I still get bread. I get my breakfast sandwiches and it's quick and easy. Um, if I have the energy, there's also a bagel recipe. They take a little more time and they're a little more messy, but you know, so I haven't gone without because thankfully there are other people that have done the work of creating recipes but it does take time and energy on my end to prepare those things. And what do you look for? If you were going to go on Pinterest and, and look for these recipes, I just Google lectin free lectin free. And then sometimes <laughs> things that are keto or paleo or whole 30, those are adaptable. Um, because I also have realized I cannot do white processed sugar anymore. I can do monk fruit. I can do, swerve i can do stevia but i don't like stevia um and like a little bit of honey or maple syrup or those coconut sugar like the natural sugars mm-hmm. i cannot have white processed sugar anymore it that was the one other thing that i tried i had a gift card to a coffee cart a local coffee cart and i was like oh i'll just go get a flavored green tea because that'll be a nice little treat and i gotta use up this coffee card so of course you know i had the syrups in it that are have sugar Nope. Instant pain, instant regret. (laughs) That is just so interesting because I'm sitting here thinking, I don't, I know a few things that I know I can't have, but I I think being aware of your body is really important too. And I'm thinking, I really don't know what I eat that I shouldn't. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if I eat this, I'm getting instant pain. My brain isn't connected yet to that. How, how did you get to that point where you know these things? You have to be really mindful. So paying attention instead of just mindlessly kind of consuming, right? You have to be like, okay, what have I eaten today? How am I feeling? And kind of checking in. So again, it's that time and energy of being mindful and checking in. Um, sometimes it's that, okay, like, it's 24 hours later and I'm not having the best day. What did I all have yesterday? Right. And that can be for those of us, as our brains get older, that's a little more difficult to like figure it out. So if you need to, you know, food tracking, but I don't like, I'm not somebody that prescribes to food tracking. Cause that's just, again, fat liberation is anti-diet culture. <laughs> right. Um, but it's more of just like being mindful and taking mental stock of what could it have been yesterday? And now again, having read Dr. Gundry's book and like knowing what's on the no list and knowing what's on the yes list, like, oh, I probably, that was, you know, maybe on the no list or that maybe isn't something that works in my favor. Um, But yeah, I just, it's, it has been a lot of work over the last three months, but it's definitely been worth it. And I'm kind of in a groove now of kind of knowing what works. And I thankfully live in a community where, you know, it's a farming community and healthy meats and pasture raised eggs and those kinds of things are readily available. So I'm very grateful and very lucky in that way. Um, but Costco is actually starting to recognize that there is a market out there for those that are keto, paleo, gluten-free, et cetera, Whole30, AIP. 
um, which is the autoimmune protocol diet, right? And they are, there are more and more things that actually work for those of us that have these restrictions. Um, yeah, I was cost- in Costco the other day and noticed a whole aisle of nothing but gluten-free. And I've got to taste it again. When I tried this, it was probably three years ago. And it was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I learned to love cassava root pasta. And so like I've made cassava mac and cheese with, um, you know, or mac and cheese with cassava root pasta and the fake cheese sauce that actually was really good. Um, you have to try it again because I think yeah, and then there's, probably. <laughs> there's the palmini noodles, which are um, hearts of palm noodles. There's the miracle rice or miracle noodles. There's more and more things out there that make having this alternate lifestyle easier. Um, and, you know, I have a sweet tooth and I, I grew up in a family that you eat your big meal and then you have dessert, right? So my brain very much learned that you are done eating when you've had a sweet that that sweet is the signal that you're done eating. Mm-hmm. And after 40 some years, that's a hard brain neuro like pathway from the taste buds to break. And so you can have dark chocolate as long as it's, you know, not full of processed stuff and at least 72% cocoa. Um, but the unreal dark chocolate coconut bars, those are also at Costco. And those are something that I can have. And so that's enough to have a little signal that we're done for the day. Like, and that sweet craving, that sweet tooth is satisfied. And Costco um, at times also has these little coconut kind of pirouette cookie things that are really good. And so there's more and more things. And now there's Simply Mills as a brand that has a lot of stuff that is okay. Um, and they, I got, um, a box of their little chocolate chip cookies to try last week. And those were really good. So (laughs) there are things out there that I am finding that work. And I think it's because there are now enough of us that do suffer, unfortunately, from autoimmune or chronic illness or, you know, celiac or things like that, where we just, because we didn't know enough. Right. And so we've been consuming corn and soy and all these other things and using pesticides and doing all the things that we do because we're in a mass consumer society and have to take care of ourselves, you know, or feed ourselves. Um, you know, so I'm now, and I want to learn to garden so I can grow my own stuff and say that I, you know, cause I did grow up with a grandma that gardened and, um, you know, there's nothing like going out and picking your salad <laughs> right oh. for dinner, you know? Um, so yeah, got two just, little plants right now that my husband's trying to go that are tomatoes and he comes in every day. He says, I've got a new tomato. <laughs> He's going to want to name them. He's not going to want to eat them. You know? <laughs> right. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of figuring out what works for you. And, you know, there's some that Lectin-free won't work for them, but maybe just gluten and dairy-free or, you know, and I just, again, it was just a suggestion from a doctor. She's not a functional um, medicine doctor. She just happens to have a husband who has rheumatoid arthritis. And so they had found out about it and they tried it and it worked for him. So she suggested it for me and yeah, it's been helps when you have doctors who understand and and can, you know, empathize with what's going on. So that's great that you found that. Let's switch gears a little bit because we don't have a whole lot more time. Um, Let's talk about being an entrepreneur. 
Okay. And how you've actually gone from what you were doing before to being an entrepreneur, that's a whole mindset, that's tools, that's strategies. You right. talked a little bit about scheduling around your pain and your health and all of that. Right. Talk to me about that journey and how that works for you. Right. So I know that I am not a morning person. I do not function before 11 a.m. <laughs> um, I don't, I no longer use alarm clocks unless absolutely necessary. I allow my body to wake up naturally. I thankfully have a very lazy dog who enjoys that as well. <laughs> um, the kitten, she's not quite so sure about that. She'd prefer us up at 7 a.m. But um, so I just allow myself to kind of honor my circadian rhythms. And that has been super helpful. I also, so again, I try not to schedule anything before 11 a.m. if at all possible, because that gives me time to kind of wake up on my own around 9 a.m., have time to take care of the dog and the cat, take care of myself, wake up slowly, acclimate to the day, have time to do some mindfulness or other things to kind of take care of myself emotionally and spiritually as well. And then I also know if I have a day that's going to be heavier, just because that's how things have to be, that I make sure the next day is lighter. If I have to have two days that are heavy, then I really make sure I have a day off. So like yesterday and today are a little bit heavier on my schedule. So tomorrow is wide open. Makes sense. And I have an event on June 4th and it's an all day event. So the 5th and the 6th are wide open. In fact, this, I scheduled my next massage on the 6th because I know my body's going to need that care. So it's kind of taking a look at my, and I have a day planner and I have Google Calendar and I you know, have my tools. And then for fun, I got, you know, some cute stickers from Etsy so I can put fun things in my day planner that remind me that I need to take a rest day or a mental health day or when I need to, you know, do my adulting and do the chores. Um, and I'm learning like Tuesdays are garbage night and I don't know why, but gathering the garbage and hauling the garbage out is one thing that is still super taxing to my body. And so like, okay, I know on Tuesdays, I'm only going to have so many spoons to spend. And some of those spoons have to get saved for hauling the garbage out to the curb. And so I'm still working on how to figure that out. It's like, okay, do I start some of that stuff on Monday? Cause I also have to scoop the dog poo and, you know, take care of the cat box, make sure all that garbage, you know. That's a lot of energy on a certain day. And then food prepping, right? Like, so, okay, where's my food prepping energy going to go? So it is, it's taking that, I'm sure most people are familiar with the spoon theory, right? You wake up every day with only so many spoons. So it is, it's kind of looking at my week. Where do my, where are my spoons going to go? Where, where can I spend my spoons? Where do I have space to re-energize and replenish my spoons? Um, and then letting people know, like, I'm very honest with my clients. Um, hey, look, I have chronic health stuff. It's even in my contract that I will do my best not to have to cancel or reschedule, but this is a reality. And if it is something that I have to do, like if it comes from me, you know, you won't be penalized, you know, please work with me um, and understand it. So I'm very upfront with my clients. Like, hey, this is my reality. This is where I'm coming from. And they thankfully have all been very understanding. And then I do my, you know, do the same to offer them some grace as well because we're human, right? Things happen. And, um, but yeah, it's just really honoring my, my circadian rhythms and what I need and 
knowing kind of, okay, if I have to, if these things are inevitable, right. If they have to happen, like garbage night is Tuesday, no matter, like I can't change that. And certain things are certain days on my schedule, then where do I pad that and make room for rest and recovery and taking care of myself? That's, that sounds really good, really important. And again, it it's an awareness of yourself, your own body and your needs right. and allowing yourself permission to <clears throat> work with those instead of, I know for years it was, oh, I can't cancel a, a podcast because, you know, I've set up this appointment and they're counting on it. Now, if I don't feel good, I've come to the point of realizing that I'm not doing my best. You're not getting the best of me and the podcast is going to suck. <laughs> you know? okay. so, right. So we need to, we need to reschedule if I don't feel good. And the same is true for the person I'm interviewing because people I interviewing mostly have chronic illnesses. So I want us both to be, you know, on our uh, feeling our best at the time. And, and, but giving myself permission to do that was very difficult. You just said a keyword and it is a keyword that I just realized in the last couple of months is key to why I've been on my, like the things on that happened in my journey is permission. I didn't have permission to grieve. I didn't have permission to take care of myself when I needed to. I didn't have permission to seek care for my body. I didn't have permission to be disabled and have illness to some degree. And so life imploded and I had to take a two-year journey of learning how to give myself permission, advocating for permission, saying, no, I I do exist and you will listen to me and help me. And then giving myself permission to create a life that works for me. And that word permission is so powerful. And I had a friend who she posted the other day and she was experiencing some physical symptomology was coming up for her that was unusual and including like sleep paralysis and some other stuff. And her husband finally said, you realize that you've got all these things going on that are causing great like emotional upheaval and stuff going on, right? Like, are you giving yourself like space for that? Are you acknowledging that? Are you allowing yourself to feel? And he basically, she like wrote like, my husband basically gave me permission and it's like, no. And she goes, I don't think we should. And it's like, no, we as adults in this capitalist driven society often need permission from ourselves, from an outside source, whatever, a partner, our jobs, whatever it is to truly adapt and take care of ourselves because we've been told it's selfish or it's wrong, or we aren't being productive or we aren't contributing or pulling our weight. And that's such BS because you cannot pour from an empty cup again on planes who you're supposed to put your own oxygen mask on first, right? Like we have to take care of ourselves first. Self-care is not selfish. It is also not a privilege. It's a necessity. And we absolutely have to start creating a society where it is okay to take care of ourselves, where self-care is acceptable. And it's not just seen as the pedicures and the manicures and the, you know, all the expensive stuff that isn't accessible. Like self-care is so much more. And I just... Love that you use that word permission because that is the heart of the work that I do is to give other people permission to prioritize themselves, to adapt their life that works for them, to do the healing, 
because I had to fight really hard for permission and to get to a life that is designed for me to be okay and be taken care of. And that's been a big fight. Yeah, I know. And it's, it just, it is the one thing I think that most of us with chronic illness and with autoimmune disorders don't have. And that is our own mental mindset of we are still valuable. We are still worthy. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to give ourselves that permission to do the things that we need to do and not just be worried about everybody else. So I think that's a wonderful place to stop. Thank you so much, Amanda, for this wonderful conversation. I really appreciate it. Do you have something going on with your business that you would like to share with us? We were talking about self-care. Because so many of us struggle with self-care, I'm actually in June doing a four-day self-care challenge called From Basic to Badass Self-Care. And I'm just going to be helping people kind of give themselves permission to prioritize themselves. And that's what I'm most excited about. And then I'll be launching a group program actually to help people really do that internal work of kind of unpacking those pain points and really embodying that inner authority to learn how to put themselves in the driver's seat. That's, so. that's great. And we will actually put the, the link to that in the show notes so that people Thank you. can look for it and, and sign up for it because it's like we've been saying, it's really, really important. Um, to wrap up, often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we're doing at Invisible Entrepreneurs. And right now we are looking for support from everybody out there that's listening to us. We are looking for board members. We're looking for volunteers. We're looking for donations so that we can reach out and help these, the people who have the chronic illnesses and need to, and need to be supported. We are doing educational programs. We're talking with doctors and, and the travel industry, and we just need lots of voices out there. So if any of y'all are interested in supporting us, give me a call. My email and my phone number will also be in the show notes. And we look forward to many more wonderful conversations. If you know of someone or you yourself have some form of autoimmune or chronic illness, reach out to me because our community collective is looking to talk to more people who can tell us where their journey is taking them and how they live their lives day to day. And so with that, guys, thank you so much for taking the time. Share this show with everybody you know, and send me a message if you have any questions at nancy at invisible entrepreneurs. Take care, y'all, and we will talk again soon. Bye-bye, everybody.